If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Great. I thought that was going to play right through to the very end where it says, and these three remain, faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these is love. Um, I have to start with a small apology though because I promised you at the start of this series that I was going to uh, learn 1 Corinthians 13 off by heart and I haven't. Partly because we listen to that every day. I've, I've got in the habit in the last three months of not bringing my Bible to church because we're not reading the passage, we're having it read to us. And as nice as that is, it's meant I haven't engaged with it as much in the sermon. Um, And it is a fantastic chapter. I hope that you've enjoyed the three months uh, that we've spent going through it. I think there have been some fantastic messages. Um, I I loved what Dave brought to us last week. Um, You know, kind of just... Such wisdom, but also a real pastoral side to it as well. It was fantastic. It was great to have him uh, with us. Um, and there have been so many that I have enjoyed. One, uh, one unintended uh, kind of side effect of this series that I've really appreciated is that it's kind of led to us restating uh, that we are a charismatic church. Um, partly because we haven't been able to sing. We've been talking a lot about, if, so, if God lays something on your heart, please share it. I think most of us are singing anyway, but because we're not supposed to be singing, we've gone, well, what can we do? And one thing that we can do is we can encourage one another through the spiritual gifts that God gives us, whether that's reading a passage or sharing a prophetic word or praying. Uh, that we've, we've, we've encouraged us to, to move in that. And I remember Brian's message uh, early on in the series where he so clearly stated, we are a charismatic church, we believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to us today, that we should desire them, that we should be seeking to walk in them and to grow in them. And I was hosting that day and it was a pleasure to get up after Brian finished and to affirm everything that he said. We are a charismatic church. We've been trying to encourage the sharing of gifts in a way that we can all hear and the way that everyone at home can hear by using this microphone. Uh, But that's going to be a journey that we remain on long after the pandemic is over. That's going to be something that we continue to pursue, continue hopefully to... uh, You will see our growth in it 
I hope and believe you will see us growing in that. And, and that's just, a, 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 as I say, an unintended side effect of the series that we've done. We've been looking at love. We've been looking at love God's way. We've been looking at the, the challenge and the encouragement uh, that it brings to us to remember that uh, God's love is very different to the world's conception of love. And somehow we've had 11 sermons on this chapter with only very thinly veiled references to why it's been chosen and why it's so appropriate for us as a family at this time. And that's because in January, at our last family meeting, there was a deep sadness among us at the, uh, at the revelations of uh, mine and Jazzy's relationship breakdown. There was a deep sadness that, that we just we hadn't managed to sort it out, that we had failed to do this. And there was a feeling that we really need to grow in that, that no matter what we do as a church going forward, that we have to get better at this. Not, not necessarily that it's about trying harder, but we just have to pray, God, would you, would you work this out in us? Lord, if there is anything in our hearts that is causing us to, well, it's the sin in our hearts, isn't it? You know, whatever would cause us to behave in unrighteous ways that would cause us to not behave lovingly as this, uh, chapter calls us to, Lord, would you root it out? Lord, would you make us a people who love one another well, who love one another the way that you have called us to? And it's been a good series. As I say, I've really enjoyed it. And I get to finish it today. And it, it ends on a great note. It ends with Paul reminding us of our eternal destiny. It ends with Paul reminding us that we will be in a place where faith, hope and love remain, where we will be with Jesus, we will see him face to face, that we will uh, know even as we have been fully known. It reminds us that the goal of our faith, the goal of our hope is love. And we're not, we're not, we're not I mean we want fruitfulness but God works that out. We, we're, try, we're aiming for faithfulness. We're aiming to be people who behave the way he calls us to and who love. Where am I? I'll be honest with you, I was discouraged to see the number of people who've turned up this morning. Um, we, we'd had a relatively small number of people book in anyway, but people haven't turned up who had booked in. And it's discouraging and I don't know whether I'm preaching the exact wrong word or the exact right word, but I, I feel actually now that I want to... I've never done this before, so forgive me if I'm uh, hopping all over the place and getting my tongue tied. I, I feel it right to change the order of my sermon a bit. I don't know quite how I'm going to do that. Um, as we've said a number of times, 1 Corinthians 13 isn't about spiritual gifts. It's been something that we focused on quite a bit, but it's not actually about spiritual gifts. It's about love. And um, uh, interestingly, though, as, as an aside, I, I do want to say this because I think it's important that, that we, we know this. I think it will be helpful for us because one of the things that has come out of this series is that we have reaffirmed again that we're a charismatic church. And I learned in preparing for today's message that this portion of 1 Corinthians 13 is used by cessationists to say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit 
ended uh, with the early church. And there's a portion where it talks about, um, sorry, where it talks about, you know, uh, will pass away, prophecies will pass away, tongues will cease. We know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And cessationists say that when Paul writes that, he is saying that the partial, which is the prophesying and the speaking in tongues and you know, spiritual gifts, that they'll pass away when the perfect comes. And cessationists say that the perfect that Paul is referring to is the completed canon of Scripture. And so when the completed canon of Scripture came, that the partial passed away. Now spiritual gifts are no longer needed. We have the Bible. Paul, um, sorry, the commentator that I read pointed out, though, that this doesn't quite work because... The, the readers at the time would have had zero idea uh, that a canon was going to be formed. They were reading a letter from Paul to them. You know, they, they would have had no idea that all of these letters uh, and gospels would have been, uh, you know, were, were at some point in the future going to be collated and kind of ratified as this is holy scripture, this is good, we're going to reject that. We're going to, re- we're going to reject the gospel of Thomas, that's bogus, but we're going to have these four. You know, um, and, and so they would have had no idea that that was coming. It wouldn't make sense of that. Also, when Paul talks about the then I will see face to face, that then is, is, is the end times then. You know I don't, I'm not a scholar, I don't do Greek, I don't do Hebrew, but that end, that then is in the end times. You know, face to face. It's when you will see Jesus face to face. We do love God's word, you know, breathed out by God, living and active. But we're not looking at him face to face. We're, we're, we're uh, you know, or, or not in the same way that we would imagine that this passage means when it says we will see him face to face. Right. But until then, we are to seek to uh, desire spiritual gifts. We are to seek to grow in them we are to seek to do that for the building up of uh, this church and his church. We're also to seek to grow in them for the evangelization of our friends, our neighborhood, this nation and the nations. But again, 1 Corinthians 13 isn't actually about spiritual gifts. You know, Paul brings an apostolic encouragement to this troubled church. You know, a church that has got internal divisions, a church where there are lawsuits among believers, a church where there are unholy relations. This is a troubled church. You may feel that we are on a par with them. You may look at the things that have happened here and go, yeah, the Corinthians were in a mess. We can really identify with that. We've had some pretty rubbish things happen too. And Paul writes to them and says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So when everything natural in us says, I've had enough, let's leave, let's split. Paul says love doesn't do that. You're called to love. Love doesn't do that. When everything in the natural says, God, I don't understand why you've let this happen. I can't see why you'd call me to double down rather than to walk away. 
God says, for now you see in a mirror dimly, then you shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. Something I've been wondering through all of this um, is, is how seriously I really take the authority of Scripture in my life and how seriously do we really take the authority of Scripture in our lives. We would all say that Jesus Christ is our Lord. We would all affirm that the Bible is the Word of God um, and that it you know, that we are to submit ourselves to it. We submit to submit our thoughts and our actions and our lives to God and to his word. But I think that we sometimes behave and think and act as if that isn't true. And we find ourselves in situations saying, I just, I feel as though God has said this. Or I just feel as though God hasn't spoken on this. And if I had my Bible, because we weren't listening to that, I'd be pointing at it and going, "Um, hello, hello, you know, I have spoken, I didn't say that, that is not true, this is true, this is why we are looking at this. It's been said a few times throughout this series, our conception of love is deficient. It's deficient. It's not good enough. And even as believers, even as new creations, we live with the residue of sin in our life and we live surrounded by people who do not think love is what the Bible says love is. And we have to accept the possibility that our thinking and our actions are shaped more by the world than they are by the Bible. And so we have to be open about that. We have to be honest, we have to be humble, and we have to be willing to recognise where we get it wrong. We have to be willing to recognise that uh, we may have got it wrong. And this has implications for how we deal with difficult situations. You know, situations where it's easier to ignore it or to leave, Paul calls us to a different way. I also wonder whether by saying Paul calls us, whether we miss the point that this is God who's calling us. You know, God spoke through Paul, as Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 13. This is God who is speaking to us as we read this. You know, Paul says that love bears all things, this is from today's portion, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This isn't an R. Kelly kind of belief. We're not believing that we can fly. We're not believing something that's absolutely ridiculous. We're believing in God's powerful and effective work in the lives of his believers. Can we believe that we will do better in the future? Well, let's ask ourselves a question. Are we a people who love God? Yes. (laughs) Because we're a people who love God, we can believe that we will do better in the future. Because we are a people who love God, we can hope that things will change, that things will get better. And because we are a people who love God, we can bear all things. We can endure all things. We know, don't we, that Jesus called us to turn the other cheek, to go the extra mile. It's painful to do, isn't it? It is hard to do. 
The call of God on our lives is total, isn't it? You know, we, we heard some of the examples that Bola shared when she uh, spoke a few weeks ago. And, and, and we joked in the, in the elders' meeting the next week, gosh, I'm, I'm a million miles away from being that mature. God, I can't imagine behaving like that. And yet that is, that is the work of God in us. None of those people, I don't believe, Bola, did it in their own strength. They did it because of the work of God in their lives. And we can expect the same things to happen in us. Peter once asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? As many as seven? Jesus, as many as seven? Jesus said, I tell you, not seven, but 77. You know, and he's not saying count it. As soon as you get to 77, you're okay. You're in the clear. He's saying, keep forgiving, keep forgiving, keep hoping. Sorry, this is more sombre than I I thought it was going to be. I really have been discouraged by the numbers and and I'll come to why I have in a moment and hopefully that'll make sense. As I say, I'm jigging this around a bit. It's very easy to be negative. It's very easy to be critical. In fact, it comes naturally to us. It comes naturally to us and that's why God's call on us and to love God's way is to love in a way that bears all things, endures all things, hopes all things, believes all things. It's very easy to be negative, to be critical. It's very easy to see, will this hard situation ever end? Will it ever change? It's very easy to see what's going wrong. It's very easy to think, oh, it's not, it's not going to work. We're called to be a people who hope. We're called to be a people who endure. We're called to be a people who believe all things. You know, as I said, the end of our faith is love. You know, the prophecies that we so love, and I so love them, and I really want to encourage us to continue to grow in them, one day they will pass away. But our efforts in growing in love are us getting to taste a little bit more of heaven now. As we love one another, we're doing that thing that we're going to do for eternity. I'd be lying to you if I said that I haven't been discouraged by the last year. I'd be lying. I have been. (sighs) Sorry. There are still days where I feel those discouragements really a lot. You know, there have been lots of negative things spoken over us, spoken over me. I don't believe they're all true. I've apologised, uh, and well, privately and, and with friends, repented for the things that I have done wrong. There are things I haven't apologised for because I don't believe I did them. A time has got to come for us where we begin to look forward, where we begin to hope again, where we begin to believe that things will change, that as we are bearing up and as we are enduring, that we will see the outcome of our hope, we will see the things we believe in coming to pass. But we need to change the story. We need to change the story, Jubilee. All of those negative things that have been spoken that many of you may well have heard, whether they're true or not, they're in the past, they're done. 
We've got to look forward. We've got to hope and endure, bear up and believe. We need to believe God's promises for us, that he is alive, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us right now, that he is building his church and the gates of hell have not and will not prevail against it. People have moved on from us. That's very sad. I, I feel that weight heavily too, because at least in part they've moved because of my actions. Not all of them. But things are happening, great things are happening too. How good was it two weeks ago to, uh, dedicate, to dedicate Jet, to hear Barry and Natasha's testimony of the way the church have looked after them in this first year of their son's life, of God's faithfulness to their son. You know, Sarah was booked in today, she can't be here. You know, Sarah came from an unchurched background, uh, believed in Jesus on Alpha, encountered him powerfully on the Holy Spirit Day, and, and was sat here with us last week. You know, good things are happening. You have looked after one another fantastically well through life groups, and I understand that, that that's getting harder, everyone's zoomed out. You've, you are great. You know, good things are happening. We are going to see a good future together, but we won't walk into it as quickly as we could if we continue to focus on the negative things that have happened in the past and not focusing on the things that God has got for us in the future. And so I wonder, what, what would you say if, if a friend said, I, uh, I've been really touched by the way that you went through that situation or I was, really, uh, I, I was really surprised by the way you spoke about that thing. Could, could I come to church with you? You know, if a friend said that to you, would you say, yeah, you can, but I just want to warn you before you come, we've had a really tough year. It's, it's, it's been hard. So just, you know, it, you might not experience that same excitement when you come to my church as you are saying you've encountered in me. Or if your friend says to you, I've been touched by the way you went through that situation. I've been surprised by the way you spoke about that thing. Can I come to your church? Will you say, yeah, of course you can. Do you know, you'd be so welcome. We heard an amazing testimony of, from a family whose, whose son is now one and God has seen him through and the church have looked after them. We've seen people come to know him who didn't know him before and they're so excited to be able to meet with him. We've, we've got this guy called Dave who loves life groups so much the moment he sees you he's going to ask you to join one and actually, actually there's a place for you here. You can make a contribution as well. The, the live stream team and the sound team are, are stretched thin and if you wanted to serve there's a place for you. Will that be what your friends here as they're interested. And so I jump around again. That's why this is so important, isn't it? What we're doing here and now is so important. And I'm sorry that I was discussed. I'm so happy to see all of you who are here. Seeing you has made my day. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Love everyone else at home too. Love those of you who booked in and haven't come. But it was discouraging. <laughs> it was discouraging. It was discouraging because I want to talk about Sundays. 
I want to talk about the fact that actually this plays such an important role in our lives as a family. You know, life groups are important. Friendships and meetings during the week are important. But, you know, most likely the people in your life group are going to be like you. Most likely the people you meet for coffee in the week are going to be like you. And this is the one time where we come together as one family and we're challenged to grow all the more into the image of God as we are surrounded by everyone and not everyone is like us. And so we, we're challenged to grow. We, we see things in other people that we don't see in ourselves and we go, God, thank you for this, this person, this gift to me that I can see something in their life that, that I don't get and I want to grow in that. I wanted to tell you a story of, of, uh, of when I used to go canoeing a lot. I used to do a lot of white water kayaking and I used to love club trips away uh, on a weekend. And one of the places that we would go to most often was uh, the River Wye and, and particularly the Simmons Yacht Rapids. I don't know if any of you have heard of the Simmons Yacht Rapids. They are a beginner's paradise. It's one long straight rapid with four or five drops, you know, which technically you'd call a waterfall, but they're not really waterfalls, they're just drops. And the, the rapid is a straight channel down the middle, and uh, uh, behind every drop you get what's called an eddy. An eddy is a portion of still-ish water. And so it's perfect for a beginner because one of the things you have to do to be able to whitewater kayak is to get in and out of eddies. If you can't get in and out of eddies, you just get flushed straight through. If you're not a beginner, Simmons Yacht is really boring. So what we would do, because I wasn't a beginner, is we would, we would challenge ourselves and we would go, well, in, in fact, I'm not going to get out at the bottom of this rapid, carry my boat along the bank and then get back in at the top and go around again. I'm going to paddle from the bottom to the top. Now, on a whitewater river, that isn't easy. And, but the thing about Simmons Yacht was, because it was four or five sets of perpendicular drops along this river, you would do something called ferry gliding. Ferry gliding is when you stick the point of your boat facing upstream but at a slight angle so that as you paddle forwards, you go sideways across the river. And so we would sit in an eddy at the bottom of the rapids and we would paddle as hard as we could out of the eddy and we would punch up the face of the waterfall and we would be half surfing the wave of the waterfall and half ferry gliding. And you would get across the wave and if you'd punched out of the eddy well enough and if you'd surfed well enough, you would break into the eddy upstream of the waterfall. And if you manage that, it's like, yes, yes, you know, you and your mates, you're there, you're like, high five, yeah, we did it, come on. And you'd be absolutely pumped. And then you'd take a breather and you'd set yourself again to punch out of this eddy and to ferry glide across this wave and to try and break into the eddy upstream of that waterfall. And, and with practice, you could go from the bottom of this rapid right to the very top. You know, you think of how hard you see those salmon trying to jump up waterfalls. You know, that was what we did in our kayaks when we went to Simmons Yacht. For me, Sundays are a bit like that. I, I sometimes have really stupid, pointless thoughts. Is Sunday the beginning of the week or is it the end of the week? I just don't know. How, how should I consider Sunday? Am I coming to thank God for everything he's done or am I coming to ask God that he'd bless me in everything that I'm going to do? And I just decided it's a hinge, isn't it? It's a hinge from one week to the next. 
Sundays for me, they're, they're so important. I mean, I'm a massive advocate of life groups, but Sundays are so important. As I say, it's the time we all come together. It's like that time in the eddy. You know, I'm not talking to my friends when I'm surfing across the wave at Simmons Yacht. I'm totally focused. I'm like, I'm driving up this waterfall. There is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. You get into that eddy, though, as I say, high fives. Wasn't that amazing? Did you see that bit? It almost caught my edge. I thought I was going to capsize, but I didn't. I'm here. You know, and so as we come together on a Sunday, it's like being in that eddy. You know, we thank God for everything he's done. We thank God for the victories he's won in our lives. We even thank him for his grace and faithfulness, that even when we didn't get hit right, that he still loves us, that we're still with him, and that we can enjoy being in fellowship with one another. We can be comforted and encouraged. We can challenge one another. That happens in a very special way, I think, when we come together physically on a Sunday. It's something that we've missed hugely in this last 16 months. I, 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 I want to tell you, if you're not aware that you've missed it, I promise you, you have. You know, I, I, I don't want to be too dramatic. You're, I think your spirit has probably been degraded a little bit by not being in regular fellowship and worship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Having a coffee on a Wednesday afternoon doesn't do it. Even life group doesn't do it the way that Sunday morning does. And it doesn't have to be Sunday morning. It doesn't have to be this building. But it just happens that we do it on a Sunday morning in this building. I really want to encourage you, if you're at home now... You know, I mean, I don't want to be insensitive to the reasons why people aren't coming physically now. You know, I know there are many different reasons. I don't want to be insensitive to those. But prepare yourself to come. You must not deprive yourself of this wonderful thing that we do as we come together and as we meet with God. I want to encourage you with, uh, to, to approach your Sunday mornings like this. All right? I've written this prayer. This is what I want to encourage you to pray at home. Lord, I know that you are alive and active in the world today. And I can't wait to praise you with my brothers and sisters. I can't wait to praise you with my brothers and sisters. And then here is where it comes. I don't know what you're going to do this morning. You know, let's come to church expectant. Let's come together with our brothers and sisters, not because it's what we do on a Sunday morning, but because I'm going to be with my brothers and sisters. We're going to be in our Father's presence. I don't know what he's going to do. He might do anything. I just don't know. He might completely alter the course of my life this morning. I just don't know. I might go to church this morning and he might drop into my heart. I want you to change your career. I want you to move here. I want you to have another child. You know, we just don't know what God is going to do when we come together into his presence. And so the prayer continues. I expect to hear you speak to me. So as we come to church on a Sunday morning, as I say, it's not just routine. I don't know what you're going to do, but I expect to hear from you. And then importantly, and this is why it's discouraging that more people aren't here. I'm open to you speaking through me 
for the building up of my brothers and sisters. Those of you who are not here now, you are depriving us of your company. You are a gift to us. There are things that God may speak through you that will be blessing us in times of worship. You may, you may also just... You, you just don't know the impact you have on people when you're here. It might just be the way that you say hello to someone and give them a hug and you have no idea what an impact that is going to have on them. You know, we have to come to this gathering... As I say, it's so important. We have to come expectant. God, I don't know what you're going to do. God, this is, this is not just what I do while I wait for the joint to cook in the oven. I am here to meet with you. All right? As I say, I've jumped all over the place this morning. Let me just, let me pray. Let me pray. I, I don't know where, what I've left out, what I've done twice. I haven't got a clue. Yeah, Father, somehow, and perhaps it's wisdom, I don't know, but we've, got, we've gone through this series without explicitly talking to where it speaks to us as a family now, given what's happened in the last year here. But Lord, we know that you are in control. Lord, we know that you love us. Lord, we know that you work all things for good and that you're building your church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And so we pray, would you fill us with your spirit again this morning? Holy Spirit, right now for everyone who is watching at home and watching during the week at home, I pray, would you fill them right now? Lord, I want to ask that you would uh, lead us and teach us, that we would grow in maturity, that we wouldn't fall short in the same ways or so often. So, Lord, would you fill us? Lord, I pray for times of great celebration. Lord, we look forward to being together again. Lord, we look forward to those times where we can hug one another and build one another up. Lord, and where we can worship you. And so, Lord, I want to pray that you would deposit that prayer in our hearts that, Lord, as we come together, we don't know what you're going to do. Lord, we expect to hear from you. And we are open to you speaking through us. So have your way among us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.